Hi, everyone, and welcome to the State of State Schools podcast. I'm your host, John Stamper, Christian author, former homeschooler, and former public school teacher. Once a week, I'll give a quick recap of the most important headlines in education and pull back the curtain on what's really happening in our kids' schools. If you're a teacher, parent, or homeschool family, this podcast is for you. Thanks for listening, and let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number 13. We have five stories to get to, all coming from the week of March 27th. So let's get started. Story number one, obviously, is the biggest story this week. Uh, The school shooting in Nashville, Tennessee, where three children and three adults were murdered by a 28-year-old woman. A lot can be said about this story, but I'll just give one opinion, and here it is. I think schools uh, should have multiple trained, armed veteran security guards at every door. You know, I read somewhere this week that it would cost around $4 billion a year to put armed guards in every school in America. And that with the money that we've given Ukraine this year, we could have armed our schools for the next 18 years. Now, some people might say guns are the problem and that police and security guards with guns should not be in schools. But according to the Crime Prevention Research Center, Almost 99% of all mass shootings in the last 70 years have taken place in gun-free zones. Now, in an ideal world, we wouldn't need armed security guards at schools. But we are not living in an ideal world. The sad reality is that for the last 30 years, school shootings have become normalized, for a lack of better words. This is our reality. It's never been more difficult in this country to buy a gun. You know, 40, 50, 100 years ago, you could order a gun from a magazine. You could have a gun in a gun rack in your car parked in the school parking lot. So why is it that school shootings were almost non-existent back then? It seems that as strict gun laws become more common and gun-free zones become more common, so too did school shootings. My point is, it's not about guns. It's about the spiritual, mental, and heart condition of our people. Now, my opinion as a Christian, as a former public and private school teacher, my opinion is that we need a national repentance and to turn our eyes toward God, to return to shared biblical values, which are simply to love God and love your neighbor. That's it. But America has become godless. We have a sin problem. Wickedness and darkness are everywhere. You know, the Bible says that the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Right now, we're in darkness as a country. Matthew 6, 22 and 23 says, If your eye be single, meaning fixed on God, your whole body shall be full of light. But if your eye be evil, your whole body shall be full of darkness. So the darkness in our country exists because our eyes are not on God. The Bible says that the harvest is plentiful, but laborers are few. So if you're a Christian, you're a believer, there's a great work that God has for you in this world. But in the meantime, I think we need armed guards at every school in America. Headline number two comes from the Christian Post. This is a story that teachers and parents who have kids in schools will want to pay attention to. Now, you may remember, and I discussed this in my book, but 
Back in September of 2021, the National School Board Association wrote a letter to President Biden asking him to use government agencies to crack down on parents who are criticizing school board members, accusing parents of using domestic terrorism and hate speech. Well, this story is a prime example of government agencies using their office, using their power to intimidate, humiliate, demonize, and fire a mother because she had the nerve to criticize her daughter's school for sexualizing young children. So a mother in New Jersey went to a special math night event at her daughter's elementary school. While walking through the hallways, the mother and daughter saw LGBTQ posters that discussed terms such as pansexual, polysexual, and genderqueer. So the mother of two, who also happened to be a school board member and a law student, she made a private Facebook post that was critical of the school's posters. The next day, a lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Army, whose involvement at the school is unclear, sent an email to the school staff and the school's parents criticizing this mother and her Facebook post. The lieutenant colonel sent another email to the school district calling for an ethics complaint against this mother, claiming that her post was, quote, stirring up right-wing extremists, end quote. He again emailed the school district calling for the removal of the mother's personal Facebook post. And he even used his military position against the mother by contacting a major in the United States Air Force, who then made sure that his chief was aware of the situation. So this lieutenant colonel also posted on Facebook stating that the mother's actions have, quote, caused safety concerns for many families. The joint base leadership takes this situation very seriously and from the beginning have had the security forces working with multiple state and law enforcement agencies to monitor the situation to ensure the continued safety of the entire community, end quote. So here's this mother who sees sexually inappropriate posters in her daughter's elementary school and she's like, why are young children being exposed to this sexual material? It's not even part of the state standards. She makes a Facebook post as a private citizen, gets reported to police and high-ranking military officials. She's forced to resign her position as school board member, and she's flagged as a safety threat, all because one man disagreed with her and disagreed with her thoughts on the LGBTQ posters in elementary schools. Well, that mother has since filed a federal lawsuit against high-ranking military, police, and local officials, claiming she was treated like a terrorist for voicing her concerns over posters at her daughter's school. A legal representative for the mother claims that she and her family have been, quote, demonized, harassed, traumatized, and excoriated throughout the community, forced to resign their school board positions, and have been made unwelcome. All of this is a direct result of a conspiracy to punish a mother who did not welcome a public school's attempt to force a woke ideology upon her own and other young children, end quote. So the message is clear. <clears throat> Parents, schools will force gender ideology and sexual perversion onto your children when they want and how they want. And if you don't like it, you'll not only lose your job, 
but you'll be flagged by the United States government as a safety threat. Good luck. So at this point, lawsuits may be the only defense families have. Are you ready for that? Headline number three comes from the Conejo Guardian. This is another story of school officials pushing gender theory on kids, actually helping kids transition genders secretly, and undermining parents throughout the process. Newberry Park Middle School in Conejo Valley, California, has a special school event they call Outside School, where they take sixth graders for a few days, they go into the mountains, and they learn about nature. Now, I've done similar overnight field trips, just like this one, with my former schools. And it can be a really fun experience. However, part of the deal is that kids have to sleep somewhere. So they're assigned cabins to sleep in, boys' cabins and girls' cabins. But in California, students can choose which cabin they sleep in based on their gender identity, not their biological sex. So there's one sixth grade girl who says she's trans and she wants to sleep in the boys' cabin. So the school administrators go along with this. They allow the girl to sleep in the boys' cabin with other boys and use the same bathroom as the boys and use the same shower as the boys, 11 and 12-year-old kids. Now here's the kicker. The school administrators intentionally never told the girl's parents about this. And they never told all the other parents that their boys would be bunking with a girl for the next few days. Sources say that the girl's parents did not support her being trans, so the school felt they could keep this information from the parents. In addition, teachers were told not to share this information with parents out of privacy for the students. Otherwise, they could be fired. So in recent interviews I've done, um, I've explained that there are three principles consistent throughout my book that most people can agree on you know, when it comes to educating children. Number one, don't teach critical race theory and gender theory as fact. Number two, don't sexualize children. And three, don't lie to or undermine parents. Now, this school in California failed on all three counts. They're promoting gender theory as fact. They're placing children in inappropriate sexual scenarios by forcing them to sleep together and even shower together. And they're lying to and undermining parents. Now, I've said this before, but parents, you don't know what school officials are keeping from you until it's too late. Sometimes all parents have to do is pay attention, ask questions, or just show up at school to find out what's going on. But what do you do when schools are purposely lying to you about your kids and purposely hiding information from you? Headline number four comes from the Christian Post. This story is about how state funds can have government strings attached and why school choice and vouchers could be bad for homeschooling and bad for Christian schools. The state of Maine has an anti-discrimination law that says if schools want to receive state funds or tuition money, they are required to teach the acceptance of sexual orientation and gender identity. Well, for any Christian school that adheres to biblical teaching, this is a problem. Crosspoint Church, which runs the Banger Christian Schools in Maine, filed a lawsuit in the United States District Court saying that the state law allows religious schools to participate in the tuition program, quote, 
if and only if they held religious beliefs the state approved, end quote. So you have to form your beliefs based on what the state says. The church's legal team pointed out that just last year, the Supreme Court ruled that Maine could not stop parents from using a state tuition program to send their children to Christian private schools. Now, despite the Supreme Court ruling, Maine's attorney general stated that the Christian school was still ineligible for the tuition program because, quote, they promote a single religion to the exclusion of all others. They refuse to admit gay and transgender children, and they openly discriminate in hiring teachers and staff, end quote. So it seems that Maine's state law on anti-discrimination clashes with the Supreme Court ruling. How can Christian schools who believe marriage is between one man and one woman, how can they use state funds that require them to accept homosexuality and to accept transgenderism? The Supreme Court says they can, but the state says they can't. So now what? This is the issue and this is the danger with homeschoolers and Christian schools using money allocated by the state. Headline number five comes from the post-millennial. This story shows how huge school systems are indoctrinating and sexualizing children on a massive scale and with state funds. Los Angeles United School District had a special week-long event celebrating the Transgender Day of Visibility. Now, I've mentioned before that these special school events are maybe the most common way that students are being brainwashed and indoctrinated in schools because these special events aren't part of the curriculum. They're usually not part of the state standards, but these are the things that kids get most excited about because it's a special event. Oh, I don't have to do math today? We're gonna talk about transgender day of visibility? Awesome. We get to have a dress up day? Cool. All right, so parents, pay attention to these special events if you have kids in school. So what is the Transgender Day of Visibility? Well, it's where elementary through high school students learn about notable transgender people. Little kids can have books read to them about how to be trans, how to be queer. They can even draw pictures and color pictures of non-binary and trans people. But don't worry, the school says it's all about being welcoming, safe, healthy, and affirming. High schoolers, they can have door decorating contests and they can learn about trans activists during the daily announcements. Now, one of these activists that the school is celebrating is a man named Alec, A-L-O-K, who is a gender non-conforming performance artist and author. Alec once suggested in a Facebook post that the demon-possessed girl from the movie The Exorcist was actually just exploring her sexuality and that little girls are quote queer trans kinky deviant kind mean beautiful ugly tremendous and peculiar end quote he went on to say quote your kids aren't as straight and narrow as you think they are like everybody else i've been a cute little girl and a gender non-conforming young adult. Let me tell you, everywhere along that spectrum, I've been complicated and strange, end quote. Now, does that sound like a person 
You want your kids celebrating? Do you want your school district celebrating this? Not to mention, this is the second largest school district in the country. This is a grown man describing himself as a cute little girl and saying that little girls can be kinky. This stuff is not harmless. This is not innocent. It's not morally good. It's not even morally neutral. It's evil. The school, the CDC, the Gay Straight Alliance Network, they'll all tell you and your kids that this is normal. It's natural. It's healthy. But it's not. This is sick. It's perverted. It's predatory. It sexualizes children. It's simply adults exploiting children just to validate and affirm their own delusions and their own sexual fetishes. It's pedophilic. So parents and teachers don't allow special programs like this to take place in your schools. And that's all I have for you this week. That's the state of state schools. Take care.